I'm Ebony K. Williams, your attorney at law and host. Welcome to Holding Court, where we analyze the very latest legal headlines everybody's already talking about. We dig into how the courts impact the culture. We break it all down for you, and we go straight from gavel to your news feed. And I promise you this, y'all, every single week, we're going to keep it a buck, keep it 100. Right, Dustin Ross? That's right, Ebony. Let's go ahead and hold court. Let's do it. D. Ross, my darling, so happy to hear your voice. Let me know, how was your weekend? My weekend was great, E. Um, I was a bit all over the place. I had to go out uh, West Coast with it uh, for to handle some business in L.A. this weekend, but it was mm-hmm. good to be in the sunshine and, and feel good. What's up with you, E? How you feeling today? I'm feeling great. Uh, speaking of sunshine, I, I took a little a little girls' trip, actually, with uh, some of my college besties and, and sorority sisters, and we had a fantastic time, mm-hmm. and we... Uh, <laughs> here come Auntie E. So during... Um, <laughs> Our little boat excursion, uh, uh-huh. Malai's sister was playing DJ and she was putting me on uh, to, you know, what the kids are listening to. Okay. So I have to say, I am now um, a fan of this pretty young lady, Saweetie. Yeah. Saweetie, like, you better listen, know it. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm the icy business, girl. Hey. The icy girl, the best friends. It was a vibe. And, and I want to say congratulations to that young lady. I like her little vibe situation. It's yes. cute to me. Yes. Yes. It's very cute to me. So I felt a little more hip uh, coming back <laughs> from my girls weekend trip. Uh, listen, D, we have a really uh, intense, but, but super packed diverse docket for today. So let's just get straight to it. Let's do it. Yeah. So first up, uh, Vanessa Bryant, uh, of course, the widow of the, the late great Kobe Bryant has filed a lawsuit against officers who allegedly shared, not only took Dustin, took and then distributed photos of Kobe Bryant, uh, his daughter, Gigi, and the other passengers. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, it's really fucked up, Dustin. Basically, this is the situation. Uh, Four officers, I'm going to tell you their names because a judge judge said that I could. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Officers, Joey Cruz, Raphael Mm. uh, Mejia, Michael Russell and Raul Versales. Okay, those are four sheriff's deputies from LA County. Uh, they are being sued in their individual capacity, along with Los Angeles County itself, Los Angeles County Fire Department, because they were all uh, allegedly uh, complicit in taking photos, specifically Dustin, of the bodies of Kobe and Gigi and the other deceased victims, and then just being extremely crass, uh, mm. going around. One officer was allegedly uh, at a bar shortly mm. after the, the the tragic accident, showing pictures of Kobe and Gigi and the other deceased victims dead and pointing and texting and sharing the information. I mean, just you talk despicable. about the height, right? Just deplorable, despicable, yep. uh, the height of uh, just inhumane behavior. Piece of shit. That's what they are, pieces of shit. And I'm glad they got their names out. And I'm glad Vanessa Bryant is going full force with some sort of action against this. This is a a damn shame. You don't get anything like that. It's not bad enough that this woman is now mourning the loss of her husband and daughter. And daughter. She's she's now got to look at photos and and deal with the salacious nature in which uh, these sheriff deputies have made uh, a, just a completely heartbreaking, devastating situation. So yeah. according to the, the court document, Dustin, uh, this is the, this is the situation. According to the sheriff's department, subsequent investigatory report, one of the deputies in particular took somewhere between 25 and 100 photographs, a hundred Dustin of the crash scene on his personal cell phone. 
which really had no conceivable investigatory purpose and were focused directly on the victim's remains. Okay, that means so you wasn't trying to be nothing but messy and, and gossipy and a fucking mess. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. And what the fuck is wrong with you that you want to look at someone who's been, you know, compromised in that way? Those remains, I'm sure that wasn't a pretty picture to look yeah. at. So why are you why are you that fascinated to see something so morbid? You know what I mean? Morbid. Like I just because I, I, it was Kobe. Crazy. Because yeah. it was Kobe and because it was Gigi and because of the celebrity nature. Uh, I hope I they haunt them. I hope right. Kobe and Gigi haunt them <laughs> officers every night and they don't get a, a wink of sleep. Team no sleep. That's uh, right. Yeah, because that's the only reason. You know, because you wanted to see if you could cash out literally on the backs of the deaths, the tragic, mm, untimely mm, deaths mm. of one of the great American icons. Uh, and their child. And Remember, their a child, child is involved in this. This child. is disgusting, Ebony. It's fucking terrible. So the officers are accused of sharing those photos with also their family members. And like I said, one walking mm. into a damn bar shared it with a bartender in, mm. in, a, in a place called Norwalk, California. And then here's the bartender told on his ass. Good. That, that the sheriff's deputy that shared the pictures loudly boasted to a restaurant employee and patrons that he had just seen a photo of Kobe Bryant's body and described the image in graphic detail. Jesus Christ. Uh, so listen, here's the thing. Legally, I'm extremely happy for Vanessa Bryant. Not only did she file this suit last fall, but just this week she was able to not uh, take off the redactions. Mm -hmm. Initially, she was forced to redact those four names. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give them to you one more again because they right. said Joey Cruz, mm -hmm. Rafael Mejia, Michael Russell, and Raul Versales. Mm -hmm. Those are the four sheriff's deputies accused of just despicable behavior despicable. of taking upwards of 100 photos of Kobe, Gigi, and the other uh, tragic victims of this. Uh, of this Awful. case. Uh, and Vanessa is, she's, she's really doing this the right way, her and her legal team. In addition to the sharing and taking of the photos, Dustin, there's also in the suit a claim uh, that LA County Sheriff's Department, they failed to take basic steps to ensure that all of those pictures, all of those copies of very improper photos were tracked down and sequestered because they had a duty to do that. Yes, they, they had did. a duty to do that. So Vanessa is suing for negligence, invasion of privacy, and a 14th Amendment violation. We will keep y'all posted on the outcome of Vanessa's lawsuit. That's right, Vanessa. Look, you go, girl. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> you set your uncle. Okay. Some interesting tea dust. And I, I know you've seen this all in the headlines. Mm -hmm. uh, she was the incoming editor-in-chief uh, of Teen Vogue. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, 27-year-old Alexi McCarmond. Okay. So as soon as she was named the editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue, just that yeah. fast, she was uh, named not it. Okay. So <laughs> her and Condé Nast have parted company. And the reason, Dustin, is because of some past racist and allegedly homophobic tweets. Um, I'm going to read some of them because I feel like when you report on this kind of story, you can't just say a generic phrase like there were some racist tweets. No. Like You need to kind of know the exact context and detail of what Absolutely. the tweets um, were comprised of so that you can, I believe, have an accurate assessment, right, of mm -hmm. what a um, proportionate punishment should look like. That's right. Right. Okay, so a lot of uh, controversy around this decision of Condé Nast to hire her and also does the controversy around Condé Nast's decision to fire her. That's right. So uh, here's the tea. McCarmen, uh, about 10 years ago, when she was still in her late teens, she tweeted out some anti-Asian tweets. They have resurfaced. Now, they first resurfaced at her previous job, which was um, at Axios. 
Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She then apologized. This was back uh, about 2019. She apologized while she still was employed there. She kept that job. Then when she was named editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue, and let's remember, Dustin, that's not just any old job. No, editor it's not. Yeah, editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue specifically uh, in the wake of the legendary reign of Elaine Welterworth, yes. uh, then followed by Lindsay Wagner. Yes. You know, that's now you're talking about a, a legacy of black women uh, just working at the highest level. Yes. And you are very much the face and brand of Teen Vogue. They are adjacent with who the editor in chief is. You cannot separate the two. You can't. So when Alexi was named the new editor in chief, of course, that brought on a, a, an increased scrutiny of who she was and what her record was. Now, let me go ahead and get to these tweets. Okay, so Dustin, here's exactly what the tweet said. Here we go. Number one, mm-hmm. quote, outdone by Asian hashtag what's new. Okay. That's the first one. Okay. Second and another tweet quote, now Googling how not to wake up with swollen Asian eyes. Okay. Tweet number two. Now to me, the most egregious one, uh, number three quote, give me a two out of 10 on my Kim problem. Cross out all of my work and don't explain what I did wrong. Thanks a lot. Stupid Asian TA, teaching assistant. You're oh. great, end quote. Okay, so let me tell you, obviously that's just terrible trash commentary, okay? Then you want to add this exact moment we're in, Dustin, where there has been a 150% uptick yeah, yeah. of anti-Asian hate yeah. crimes and, and attacks, and we're going to get to that in detail in, in a story later on the docket. But then I was in a clubhouse discussing this uh, issue of Alexi, and, and, and this was before Condé Nast had decided what to do with her. Mm-hmm. And an Asian journalist made a very good point, which is this is Alexi as editor in chief of Teen Vogue. She's the head of a beauty magazine because ultimately that's what it is. Yeah. So when you start talking about how to not wake up with swollen Asian eyes, right. how can we trust this young lady to have an objective purview, an inclusive purview of what diversity in beauty looks like in a beauty magazine. You can't trust her to do that. And Teen Vogue was already on the heels of a, they had just done cleaned house over there um, recently. Mm-hmm. And there you can tell that their magazine had started having a different sort of POV on world issues, on social issues that become much more vocal uh, um, in recent years. So they were trying to turn things around over at Teen Vogue. So this was not going to work. And the problem with this and that last tweet specifically is because she used the word Asian as an insult and a negative thing. Mm-hmm. You stupid Asian. T-A. So you use the word Asian as something negative and derogatory. That was intentional. So unfortunately, yeah, girl, and, it's, it's, and it's her T-A stupid or is she? Because right. she got two out of 10. Right. Because so, she was checking your paper. Right. <laughs> okay. okay. Let's be very clear, man. Yeah. Grand uh, opening, grand closing. See, literally yeah. grand mm-hmm. opening, grand closing. Um, and it wasn't going to be worth it for Condé Nast in the end. Just, you know, there's the altruistic um, moral integrity part. And then there's the there's the the bag part, the bottom line part, the yeah, economics. Literally. Mm-hmm. Ulta Beauty had already paused their ad spend with Teen Vogue in light of this. Okay, yeah. in light of this controversy around Alexi specifically, you cannot be out here causing your employer bags. And as for those that want to condemn her firing as cancel culture, let me say this to you. Cancel culture, accountability culture, whatever the fuck you want to call it. When you are out here as a professional. Right. 
in any capacity. I don't care if it's editor-in-chief of a magazine, television host. We're going to get to your ass in a minute, Sharon mm-hmm, Osborne. Mm-hmm, don't worry mm-hmm, about it, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, ed- uh, CEO of a bank, uh, principal of an educational facility. You are accountable to all the ways in which you impact the company and organization for which you represent. You sure are. And that company and organization, Dustin, I don't care if you want to be mad about it. They have every right and incentive to make sure that your alignment is in the best interest of their branding. Mm-hmm. And for whatever the reason, if you compromise that alignment, I say that's on you. I don't feel sorry for this young lady. I don't feel that she is owed an apology. She said what she said. I really don't give a damn that she was in her late teens when she said it. Because if you were old enough to get on Twitter and expound these views and not smart or savvy enough to scrub the Internet before you got older in your career and life station, your ass deserves what you get. Period. Alexi. Sorry, girl. Look, ask Alexi what she going to do next. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I actually have a suggestion by way of that. Mm -hmm. By way of that. I'm glad you brought that up, Dee. I was about to just be on my horse and forget about it. (laughs) Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't think that this means that this young lady's career has to be over. What I believe is now, if if she means what she says in her apology, right, which is essentially, and I'm paraphrasing, but essentially, I regret those comments. I was young and dumb. Um, They do not reflect my views as an adult in this point, blah, 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 blah. Okay, let's take that at face value, Dustin Ross. Now what you can do, Alexi, at 27 you can still do the work. You can still show up and and listen to people of Asian descent and community leaders and and just general population. You can understand exactly what was so egregious and heartbreaking about the tweets that you put out and you can really do go about the work of correcting the past behavior and better informing your current uh perspective. And you can then Put some actions behind the words. You can literally show up as a fierce advocate for Asian communities or at the very least some type of ally. And you can really go about the work of correcting the erroneous things that you've said in the past. That's right. You can write your wrongs. Write your wrongs. But guess what you don't need to necessarily do is write those wrongs still at the perch and head of Teen Vogue. That's right. Go ahead and write them wrongs on your own time, girlfriend. That's right. And if you're about it, you will do that. You know, you should not have to maintain that positioning to do the work. Do it anyway. And if you do do it, I do believe that you will have an opportunity to redeem yourself. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I'm going to say about this, Dustin, is, you know, uh, word on the street is there was a uh, 20 person plus open letter by employees of Team Vogue calling for Alexi's removal. OK, now, one of those employees, they are saying had her own history of racist tweeting and used the N-word in a tweet. And if that is true, and I think an investigation is happening as we speak, the uh, Team Vogue and Condé Nast need to go ahead and keep the same energy and get rid of her ass too. Because if it's good for the goose, it's got to be good for the gander. That's right. You're damn right. Yeah. So that's it. So Alexi, sis, uh, as Dustin said, it was grand opening, grand closing on this Team Vogue situation. But that doesn't have to be the grand closing of your life or your career. So go ahead and do your work, girlfriend. And that's one thing I love about black folks. We're always going to be there to catch people in the gap. Oh, so for do sure. your work. Uh, the community and culture will will support you in uh, the re- your redemption story, because that is the American story. It is a story of redemption, learning when you know better then is your opportunity to do better.
And we're here yeah. for that. Listen, we're going to take a quick break. Of course, we got to pay a couple bills, but we are going to come back. Stick with us for more Holding Court after this. All right, y'all, welcome back to Holding Court. Now, speaking of anti-Asian racism, which is sadly run amok these days, uh, thanks to Trump, and I want to be very clear about that. I'm going to break that down in a second. But Dustin, the attacks on the Asian community in Atlanta, which literally left eight folks dead, devastating, heartbreaking. There have also been just attacks all over the country against random Asian citizens just on the streets. I'm not about in the subway, on the streets as they are walking, pedestrians. It's a fucking mess. So specifically, I want to talk about this elderly Asian woman who was in San Francisco, a 76-year-old Asian woman who allegedly was hit, punched is her word, in the face by Mm. a 39-year-old white man last week. Um, Mm. Now, I don't know if you saw this video, but I had to watch it a couple. Okay. I did. You know the saying, uh, you got the right one? Which always actually means you got the wrong one. This motherfucker got the right one today, baby. Okay, this woman gave him the business. Let me tell Um, you something. (laughs) Let him have it. And that's what happens when you run up on people. You get run down. And I love to see it. (laughs) He thought he was just going to sock this 76-year-old, petite in stature, Asian woman. You could tell she's speaking with a very thick accent. Mm -hmm. Um, Just She looked totally... um, disheveled and Mm -hmm. out of sorts. Um, You know, I could see some bruising and maybe even some bleeding from her face, but Mm -hmm. he really looked like he got the, the, literally the wrong end of the stick. Laid out on a stretcher. Do you hear me? She laid his ass. You know how people, I'm a layer ass. He let, she laid his ass out. Literally. 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 And she had, um, like, I don't even know what kind. Of, it was like a big wooden stick. Uh, it looked like she was trying to build a house or some shit. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> two by four. I don't know where she got that motherfucker four. from, but she I found it. Okay. She found it in the nigga and time. And went to work on his ass. Blasted his ass. I um, love it. I know. And um, she was and she was cussing him out at the same time, And too. I felt everything she was saying. She was like, why would you hit me, you bum? Why would mm-hmm. you hit me? And mm-hmm. she was, she was, I could feel her anger. And I, I there's something about seeing elderly people be harmed that just it fucks with you on a human level like it just it really messes with your spirit and i cannot watch that and so seeing the fact that she wasn't just you know an easy take for him and that she really put it to his ass behind him attacking her that brought me joy. I was Definitely. glad that she gave him what he needed. Yes. Yes, you bring me joy. That's Hashtag right. Word too. Bacon. Yeah, um, you, you know, I love it when our when our episodes just go hand in hand like that. Yes, right? yes. But yeah, this is um that, that his ass got exactly what he deserved. Mm-hmm. And I love to see it too. And you know why it, it touches you differently Look, when it's last one, Ebony, one last one, because I know up? we gotta go. She gave him the best she got, giving you the <laughs> best. <of her> <laughs> Baby, baby. Body and soul. Okay, Okay, are you you about to be done? Because I'm not going to do this with you today. Okay, so here's the deal, though. It it touches you deeper because she's the most vulnerable among us. Our elderly and our children, Dustin. No one, um, they cannot normally defend themselves. They are typically most vulnerable amongst our society. And if we don't show up in the gap and protect them, what kind of society are we? That's yeah. why. That's why that hits different. And it's a fucking tragedy. And I'm very happy for this woman that she found that damn 
two by four and laid his motherfucking mm. ass out. Mm. Um, and it's going to hopefully send a message. Be careful who you run up <laughs> on on them streets. That's for right. Real. Uh, but but the but the data is still alarming, Dustin. You know, this one in particular woman seemed to have been able to have some opportunity of self defense, but we know that's not typically the case. That's right. NBC News uh, reporting: a hundred and fifty percent rise in attacks on Asians in American communities. Oh, almost four thousand attacks on Asians, mostly women. Shameful. Mostly women. People are preying again on the most vulnerable and defenseless. A fucking shame. That's a fucking coward's act. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why? Why such an uptick? <laughs> Your boy Trump. That's yeah. exactly why. There's no question mark as to the correlation of the data points and the data. Here's the thing. When Trump's ass in the beginning of the coronavirus mm-hmm. was caught talk- talking virus. about China virus, Kung flu, mm-hmm. all that shit, his base, because they're so uh, ignorant Dumb and stupid yes. and easily permeable, mm-hmm. they took that shit to heart. And just like when he said storm the Capitol on the fucking January yep. 6th, they took that to they do whatever he tells them to. Yeah. So when you put a seed of xenophobic, racist, anti-Asian sentiment out there, this is they're what we gonna, get. This is literally the manifestation of Trump's words, Dustin. Damn literally. shame. Literally. Yep. Well, that blood is on his hand, so yep. he'll have to deal with that. But this is terrible, and I'm glad that she did what she had to do. Okay. Me too. Me too. And listen, they're investigating that 39-year-old white man, uh, not only for her beating, but apparently he is suspected to have also attacked an 83-year-old Asian man that morning. Oh, I hope he got a stick too. Let me tell you something. That, that this is shameful. And I hope that this guy doesn't just walk with community service like they always do. I hope he's made an example out of because he need, they need to send that message to people who are watching this. Absolutely. And you know what? I actually don't think that he would be qualified for that type of diversion, like you're saying, community service. Yeah. Be- because this is a very violent attack. Good. And and a good prosecutor, a good one, would not allow community service in exchange for an attack with this level of violence. Okay, good. That, that makes me that, feel better. I, I I said, but 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 listen, trust and verify. We're gonna watch this ass and fa- right. find out exactly how that prosecution goes. Yes. Indeed, indeed. Speaking of prosecutions, the prosecutors in the trial, the second degree murder, third degree murder and manslaughter trial of Derek Chauvin, um, they have uh, they are really looking to get a conviction here, Dustin. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's not going to be easy. I'm telling you that right now. It's not going to be easy. There's a lot of variables in play. We know that they uh, just completed seating the jury. For the Derek Chauvin case, yes. opening statements are scheduled to start, uh, I believe, next Monday, the 29th of March. But here's what's happening in the in-between time. Let me just give you a couple of big facts. Okay. We know that very recently, we talked about it on Holden Court, one of the largest settlements of its kind, the George Floyd family was awarded $27 million right. from the city of Minneapolis. Now, while on one hand, that is certainly an important form of restitutional justice, right? Right. But it can, and apparently in this case, has had an impact on the criminal trial. I say that because the judge had to dismiss not one, but two different jurors Mm. because they they said flat out, we cannot be impartial. It was one white man uh, and... I think a Hispanic man. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, one white man and one Hispanic man both saying... Because the city chose to settle and give the family $27 million, it indicates to them, Dustin, that the city must know there's wrongdoing afoot. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, they, they feel like they are already going to convict regardless of the evidence, you know, uh, and you know, that kind of impartiality cannot be a part of our justice system. So yes. both of those jurors were removed. Right. Uh, an eighth juror was sat in their place. Okay. Uh, he happened to be a black man in his forties. Oh, good. Uh, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. You know, hopefully, you know, <laughs> hopefully. we hope it's not a Clarence Thomas type of mother. Right. But uh, you never know. You never know. You never know. Um, Listen, I will say this. This is going to be a tough conviction to get, Dustin. I just want to be honest with you and our listeners. Um, uh, Although we all saw the video, you know, it looks open and shut to many people on the outside. But when you start talking about how this justice system works and uh, what is considered too prejudicial uh, to have an impartial trial, the fact that this case has gotten an insane amount of global press, uh, Derek Chauvin's lawyers, his defense counsel, is arguing that the, the publicity will make it impossible uh, for his client to get a fair trial. His lawyer is arguing that the settlement and the publicity of the settlement further makes it harder for his client to get an impartial trial. And that lawyer, Dustin, defense counsel, is still asking the judge for two things. He's asking the judge for a change of venue to move the trial to a different county. Now, personally, I don't think that's going to be granted because the judge is going to say, duh, <laughs> no county is going to give you a, a truly <laughs> impartial. Everybody done heard about this shit. All so, around the world, baby. Exactly. It is what it is on that. But but he's also asking D for a delay of the trial. But I also think it's the same thing there. You know, what is delaying this trial a month or two months? I mean, we're a, a year out and it is still top of mind for yeah. most Americans. Yes. So, so that's just what this is. This is a very sensational, high profile case. Uh, we saw it with Scott Peterson. We saw it with um, George Zimmerman. This is just the nature of that type of case. And so Derek Chauvin's got to eat that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, we're going to watch this. We're going to watch Keith Ellison and the attorney general's office as they prosecute this case uh, and really just keep our prayers up for justice. Man. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Let me ask you, if you were on a jury mm-hmm. and you did find out through the press that the defendant on trial, uh, the city on the defendant's behalf, settled uh, around the tune of $30 million. Would it sway you? Uh, yeah. I would yeah. think that it represented their knowledge of something that was done wrong or inaccurately, inappropriately, whatever. So, mm-hmm. yes, it represents an acknowledgement of error of some sort. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, you're not feeling it. Um, now, no. here's, the, here's the real question. Would you admit that it swayed you or would you try to stay on the jury to get that ass? You know, I like to think that I would admit that it swayed me and that, you know, now, you I know, would anytime be, something start with that, I'd like to I think. I like you to are. think that the way my integrity is set up, you know, I'm a, oh, I'm, I'm a motherfucker with you integrity. Are a man you of know? integrity. That is I am. True. And so true. the way that my integrity is set up, I like to think that that's what I would do. Now, okay. I also recognize, you know, that sometimes, you know, you got to gotta roll the dice while you're hot. You know what I mean? So sometimes you got to do what you got to do in that moment. Mm-hmm. So I'll just say that. But I'd like to think that, that my integrity would lead my decision. I, and that's why I love you, my dear. Thank uh, you, I would definitely want you on my motherfucking jury. Okay. I love you. <laughs> okay. Okay, listen, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we are going to get into all things the talk. It's a shit show <sighs> that's going on over there. They are still on hiatus. Tell um, me. Tell me, Cheryl. Edu- educate me. Tell edu- me. Educate me, Cheryl. <laughs> educate me, Cheryl. I cannot with this Sharon Osbourne shit. We're going to get all into it. We come back with more Holden Court after this.
Okay, y'all, well, welcome back to Holding Court. I'm laughing because just do with that Sharon Osborne voice, I can't. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, but y'all know the tea. Uh, the syndicated uh, CBS daytime show, The Talk, is in hot water, to put it mildly. Um, the, the veteran host, Sharon Osborne. And it's so crazy because remember most of us were introduced to this bitch through uh, the Ozzy Osbourne show on MTV? Yes, yes. Um, from there, she started co-hosting this show, I mean, a million years ago now. And she's been problematic. I want to start this conversation with that. She has been problematic from jump. Mm-hmm. She has been given pass after pass after pass. I have suspicions on why. I'll get to it in a second. But now uh, it doesn't seem like there's going to be any more hall passes handed out. Uh, she lost her shit. Sharon Osborne lost her shit on her co-host, uh, Cheryl Underwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was just a, a week ago where Sharon Osborne thought it was a good idea to publicly defend <laughs> Pierce Morgan's racist ass. Okay. I don't know why she thought that was a cute idea, Dustin, but she did. It was so dumb. And just watching it happen live in front of your face was so wild because- Like, I is was, this real? I yeah. could not believe it, but go ahead, e. Yeah. So she's defending Pierce Morgan um, after his racist ass commentary about Meghan Markle. That's the backdrop. Okay. Yep. As Cheryl Underwood, uh, shout out to the good sister from Zeta Phi Beta, um, mm-hmm. uh, an educated woman, a, a, a wickedly funny, talented black woman, co-hosts the show with Sh- uh, Sharon since its inception. Mm-hmm. She's trying to explain to her, quote, friend, Sharon, why Pierce is problematic and her defense of Pierce is further problematic. And I know y'all have probably seen the clip by now. It's very viral. Sharon Osborne goes off completely unhinged completely angry but by the way nobody called her angry you know what i said anybody called her angry white woman no i didn't hear any aggressive talk either i didn't hear anyone call it aggressive but go ahead meanwhile she was screeching at the top of her lungs at her own quote friend and co-host who was sitting sitting right beside her her. leaning up forward pointing her hands in her face doing all that stuff screeching educate me cheryl Mm -hmm. tell me yeah (laughs) doing the most Mm -hmm. and cheryl to her credit uh remained extremely calm and actually uh went about the work of trying to educate her dumb ass uh but i digress then a lot of backlash and fallout happened d uh starting with holly robinson pete uh, who was an OG co-host once mm-hmm. season one mm-hmm. and then was ceremoniously removed. And we never knew why mm-hmm. uh, Holly spilled the tea. This is a, yes, a she tweet did. she put out right after the shit went down. Quote, I'm old enough to remember when Sharon complained that I was too ghetto for mm-hmm. the talk. And then I was gone. And then she put the smoke emoji child for, for impact. Mm-hmm. I bring Mm -hmm. this up now because I was mortified watching the disrespectful condescending tone she took with her co-host who remained calm and respectful because she had to. There you go. And isn't that the truth, Holly? Then uh, there was another report, and um, I'm very familiar with the work of this particular journalist, uh, Yashar Ali, who I find to be extremely credible. I know that uh, he is constantly vetting the sources of all the stories he reports. So when he reported the fact that Leah Remini, who was also a season one co-host, verified uh, Holly's tweet and went further to say that not only did Sharon Osbourne call Holly ghetto, she also called former co-host Julie Chen Mm. a wonton and slanty eyes. Uh, Julie Chen is of Chinese descent, a mess. Um, Also homophobic things that Sharon said, uh, older 
original co-host, and by the way, creator of the show, Sarah Gilbert. Y'all probably know her from Roseanne. Um, Sharon called her a quote, pussy licker and mm. like and fish eater. Like, what the fuck? Mm. Are you serious? Because Sarah is um a lesbian. Uh, it's too much. Yashar tweeted this out, D, after Osborne's former colleague, Holly Robinson Pete, says Osborne referred to her as ghetto and got her fired from the talk. Osborne had her attorney send a cease and desist letter mm, saying mm. if she didn't delete the tweet below, she would be sued. Mm. Well, guess what? I wanted to see what time it was. So I went to Holly Robinson Pete's Twitter page this okay. morning. Okay. The shit's still there. You better ask somebody. She's clearly not bothered. Let me tell you something. Sharon Osborne then set her Gargamel looking ass up there on that stage and lost control in front of the world to see completely just just blinded by her own just just passion to defend her friend who has blatantly been proven time and time again to be a racist. So why are you even putting yourself out there like that and aligning yourself with someone who is literally on record being a racist? Let's start there. Then you have the audacity to tell someone like Cheryl Underwood, and don't you cry. If anybody should be crying, it's me. No, it's the, it's the things that you do that prove that you think you're a better and more worthy person than Cheryl Underwood or than other black people. It's the numerous times that they've pulled you up on record telling people, oh, you want to be black? Do you think you're mm. black? You know, just mm. as if being black is such a negative thing. Sharon, they done pulled your car. Your slip is showing. It is what it is. You need to get your statement together, bow out gracefully, and go figure out the next phase. Like the Isley Brothers said, take me to the next phase, baby, because that's where you're going. It's a, it's a wrap for you. You won't be talking no more. It's a wrap no. at the talk. No, it's a wrap at the talk. And I don't I don't see any other moves CBS can make, to be honest. You know, I was Absolutely thinking about not. This. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about this over the weekend. It's like, I mean, they've been on hiatus since this shit went down. So that's losing millions of advertising dollars. Millions. Millions. And, and frankly, this bitch is not even worth all that. Are you kidding me? Sharon yeah. fucking eyes when somebody whose husband ate a bat. Literally. Get off my phone. Get- I, when I when I tell you I can't and and the, the reason it pisses me off is because number one, I know what it's like to work for an opportunity and to finally get mm. access to certain types of opportunities. So to have some watch somebody just blow that on their own, you know, just because of their own stupidity is wild for me. And number two, she could have fixed this. This is something that really could have been handled in the next segment had she got her shit together, yep. been a professional, and said, you know what. We needed to go to break, Cheryl, from the bottom of my heart and to all the Mm. viewers. I want to apologize for this, 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 this. I was confused about this, but I do know that what I just did was not right. And I want to fix that. That's all the bit. That's all. Excuse me. (laughs) That's all she had to do. (laughs) That's all she had to do. You know why she didn't, though? Because she didn't feel that way, Dustin. There you have it. You got to feel that way for that. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. she got to go. And I'm actually glad you just brought that up. Um the point about working so hard for an opportunity to then watch somebody squander it. Yes. Uh, that also is really kind of my sentiment on the Alexi McCarman teen Vogue issue. Yes. Not, not that this young lady should be condemned for life because she did something stupid who among us hasn't. Right. But, right. but guess what? The line of exceptional young qualified black women that have worked their asses off as well, that can step into that role today and not bring the problematic drama of these ignorant ass anti-Asian tweets that distract from the work of our people in this moment. It's a long ass line. So Alexi, 
pack your shit up, go ahead and put it in a little box or whatever the situation was you was doing with your virtual work situation and, yeah. and keep it moving. While the next young black queen, and, and I do think Condé Nast needs to do that. They need to honor the legacy of the black women that have transformed the editor-in-chief role at Teen Vogue and let the next young queen have her opportunity. Straight that does up. not bring that distracting baggage. And 10 times over for Sharon Osbourne. I mean, this bitch been problematic. She's not that damn special. Move her ass out the way and go ahead and bring on another woman to uh, fill the position and operate at a level of professionalism. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's it in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Now, you know, Sharon has denied all these accusations. But again, everybody cannot be telling the same lie on you. That's right. That's right. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Where there's smoke, there's fire. And we don't even have to really speculate that hard when you really told on yourself. And as you say, D, you let your own slip show on national TV. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, child, bye. It's on her. We saw it. It's on her and it's on air. All right. Mm -hmm. So last up on today's docket, uh, and and this came straight from a juror. I I was checking Twitter last night um, just to prepare for today's show, D. And I saw a a young lady sent this particular tweet out. And I want to I want to shout out her handle uh, because I'm telling y'all, I produced this show uh, with Ashley and and we we really look to have a comprehensive show. But when the when the jurors see something I've missed, you know, I'm here for that. So this is from at be the historian, B-E-E, the historian. She says this, D, I hope look at Dustin and Ebony K. Williams talk about this Saweetie and Quavo breakup and remind mm. everybody about how certain gifts aren't really yours after the relationship. Shout out to be the historian. Thank you, sis. And you are right. It's a perfect opportunity to talk about the legality of, quote, relationship gifts. Mm. Okay. Because I right. ain't giving you shit back, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course not, because the way your integrity is set up, you have a reciprocal expectation that your partner That's is going right. to, as you say, always uh, keep, keep it player. player. Right. right, right. But, you know, everybody ain't built the same. So here's the situation. We all have seen uh, the unraveling of this relationship between Saweetie and Quavo. Uh, It's been all over the press. Apparently, lots of infidelity. He's out here in these streets and she's done with it. In fact, um, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially one of her quotes said that the gifts cannot be a mandate. You know, there's not enough Bentleys in the world to make up for the Mm -hmm. cheating um, and that the intimacy cannot be maintained when it is shared with other women. Mm. So you out here, you know, dick slinging apparently Quavo and Sweetie's not here for it. So lots of people said immediately, D, that there was a um, dr- convertible light blue Bentley that we all saw Quavo gift Sweetie, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it was like customized. It had the icy stuff and the right. motifs all over it. Really lovely, sweet, whatever. And people were immediately speculating, D, that uh, amid the breakup, because she put on Instagram, I'm single. So she's being very clear. I'm no longer with Quavo. I'm mm-hmm. a single free agent. Mm-hmm. People then said that Quavo was in the process of repossessing the Bentley. Because that's that's how this shit got started. Then it was reported, obviously, I'm thinking this must be Quavo's PR team, because this actually was a reported story in Complex Magazine. Pause, Quavo did not make the effort to repossess the vehicle. But it opens up the question. Right. That's who, the point. Who, yeah. Who does have actual ownership of this type of, quote, gift 
when the relationship terminates. Mm. So the legal answer is Quavo. Here's why. So apparently this Bentley was secured through a lease agreement. Okay. So we all know how a lease agreement works. There's no ownership, uh, exchanging of ownership anyway. Okay. So Quavo was in a agreement with said car company to have limited use of this vehicle for the duration of a set term that Quavo negotiated and agreed to. And apparently of course was paying for. (laughs) Yes. Allegedly D according to sources, Quavo, because, you know, breakups happen, right? Hell, 50% of marriages don't make it. Quavo had pre-negotiated a clause in his lease deal that said, I can basically terminate this lease at any time. Mm. Also, it wasn't in Sweetie's name. So therefore, she has no legal rights. Let me be very clear. She has no legal rights to this Bentley whatsoever. If she takes her ass to court and try, like, let's say he did repossess it. That is his legal right. Okay. Um, because he is the one legally accountable for the car. Um, and it's funny because, you know, I think people have a lot of empathy and perhaps sympathy for Saweedi. Again, she's a lovely young lady and I just found out makes lovely songs. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she seems like she was really done wrong in this relationship. But let's let's manipulate the facts. What if Saweedi was out here? fucking around with offset or this and that and a third or whatever, then I think everybody would say, oh, Quavo should absolutely be able to repossess the car, right? Because why should he be paying for a vehicle for somebody that's out here two-timing on him? So just be Mm. clear, those facts don't matter in a court of law is the point I'm making. It doesn't matter if he cheated, she cheated, it's her fault the relationship ended, his fault the relationship ended, none of that matters. What matters is this, Mm. this young lady had no legal authority or even contract agreement around this vehicle. So the repossession or not repossession of the car is 100% up to Quavo. Mm. So just remember that, y'all. So when you're out here, um, I have seen this, particularly on Instagram these days, uh, mostly it's young ladies, even though I've seen plenty. Let me tell you something. This is your sidebar. What I fucking hate. It drives me crazy. I used to see it all the time when I lived in North Carolina and LA. Okay. I see... Uh, and normally, for some reason, it's always a Honda Accord okay. or, or, or a Lexus. It's always one of those two cars, Dustin. And I'm driving down the street and I see an AKA plate, right, mm-hmm. on the back of the license plate. Mm-hmm. And so I'm speeding up so I can say hey to my sore. I get all the way up to the front driver's seat, the seat laid back almost a 180 degree fucking line. <laughs> and it's this motherfucking man driving this woman's car. I fucking hate it. Like I'm, I'm beep beep skiwi so hard. This motherfucker uh, sleeping at the chilling. wheel. Okay, chilling so hard. Okay, sorry, I digress. But tree air freshness all underneath right, the damn that mirror just and shit. Drives yeah, uh-huh. me what, what, and and it's during work hours. Mm-hmm, so I mm-hmm. know my sore is at work. He didn't drop her your friend off. Ebony. He didn't, he didn't drop my good sorority sister off at work mm-hmm. so she could pay for this fucking car. But he out here driving in the. I can't right. Uh, how did I get on this? Oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> possession of cars that are not go. legally yours. <laughs> okay. So if man or woman is out here flexing on the gram, probably, with a very nice vehicle, but your ass no, it's not really yours, and someone has leased or purchased it for you, just don't be mad or shamed when they take that shit back and you out here looking crazy. Yep. Because it's theirs <sighs> to take back. I just want to be clear. Just... Keep that in the back of your mind. Get your name on the paperwork, people. That's it. If you if you really want to flex, 
Go ahead and get your name on that paper. Don't just read the terms and conditions. Be one. Be a term and conditions. Put your name. Get your name on that paper. You see how you just elevated your own fucking statement? That's what it is. That is some G shit. That's what it is. You know, I'm learning. Be a term and conditions. (laughs) Yes, you got to be one. I love that. Mm -hmm. D. Ross, I couldn't do it with nobody but you. I love it. Listen, thank thank you you guys. Yeah, jurors, thank y'all so much for listening. Uh, Shout out again to Be The Historian for uh, giving us an extra extra segment topic for today's show. We love to see that. Y'all, as always, follow us, subscribe to the show, rate us. Uh, We do read all of those reviews. Tell your mama, tell your friends, tell everybody you know, get the word out about Holden Court. Holden Court comes to you from Uppity Productions. It's in association with Dawson Media, presented by the Black Effect Network from iHeart radio audio services always provided by one of one productions shout out to Fela dennis and the team check them out y'all one of one productions.com listen y'all join us next week court will be of course back in session and in the meantime stay safe y'all keep wearing your mask if you can please get this vaccination it's gonna change your life and always read the what d them terms and them conditions y'all and if you can apparently go ahead and try to be one i love that one there you go (laughs) (laughs) all right y'all see you later